Hey everyone, welcome to Creep Your Heart Out. I'm Monica. And I'm Nick. And this is a weekly podcast where we talk about all things wild, wicked, and weird. We are on episode six today, and yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend, so we cut out of work a little early on Friday. We went up to Nick's mom's house. My mother. My mother. The only woman I ever loved, my mother. (laughs) And yeah, so we've just been there the last couple nights having a fire. We did a little grilling. We drank a lot of beer last night, Mm -hmm. stayed up way too late, and yeah, so we're a little tired, but we needed to come home and feed the cats, and we didn't want to leave you hanging any longer than necessary because we left off last week with a little cliffhanger. There's a little bit of fur on my microphone here, and it's distracting me, but yeah, so last week we had been talking about Catherine Knight, so... Today we're doing part two. Um, I noticed while I was researching for part two, I was getting a little annoyed because I was reading this book. It's called like Man Eater, the horrifying true story of Catherine Knight or whatever it was. Um, And I realized that the author had put in like all this really unnecessary like a dialogue that he had obviously made up and it was Mm. really annoying. So I was like, how fucking credible is this guy? Like, I'm going to be so pissed if we just did part one and like half my facts like weren't even like really facts. They were just like things that he invented. So I finished the book, but then I went and I watched like a bunch of documentaries and I read a bunch of articles. So and what else is annoying about this is everybody seems to have different information about what happened. So I was trying to just kind of compile as much like information and try to get the real true story of this i couldn't really find any like real police records or anything Mm. so it was just kind of like yeah so hopefully you know i like fact i want to give you guys fact so i'm tried to put this together as factual as possible so and as accurate as possible so and i'm sure if there's anything that pops up that's not quite right the View, or the listeners can probably write in. And, yeah, definitely. You know. So if there's anything that you know, especially because like I said last week, I noticed we have some Australian listeners. So you guys might have access to more information than I do. So if there's anything that I gave you that isn't 100% factual, please just let me know. You can send me a message on Instagram or you can, I think you can message on Twitter. I don't know how, I don't know how to fucking use Twitter. Don't use Twitter. Just do Instagram. Or you can email (laughs) us, you know, you have our emails, anything like that would be much appreciated. And then we can update on the next episode. So we'll just jump right in to part two. So where we left off last week was Catherine had been dating that dude, John Chillingworth, and he had like walked in on them, I guess, like her having an affair with this other guy whose name is also John. Mm. So she had two Davids and two Johns. She's a woman of consistency. Yes. She has a type. Yes, she has a type. Must it's either be a either David a Dave or a, or a John. Yes. On your application, make sure you're a Dave <laughs> or a John or your application will not be accepted. All right. So hopefully my iPad does not die while we do this, but we're going to jump right in. So the Should man- Should we grab a charger? Do you want to grab a charger? No, nah, it's fine. Okay. We're just going to, we're going to roll with it. So the man that Catherine was cheating on John Chillingworth with was named John Price. So she had been having an affair with John Price for about a year into John, her and John Chillingworth's relationship. Um, and so obviously Chillingworth left and then Catherine started her relationship with this new John. So John worked in the local mine 
And he had worked his way up through the company over the years, and he was pretty successful. I think he was like some one of those guys that like, if there was an accident in the mine, he would go save people. Mm. And he was really good at his job. So he had worked there forever. Yeah. So Price had three children of his own from a previous marriage, and two of his kids, Becky and little John, came to live with him after his divorce. His children were a little older than Catherine's. They were like, I think they were like teenagers. Like I saw uh, one documentary, I saw it was uh, an interview with, I think, Becky. And I think she said she was like 13-ish at the time. So, and, her, and Catherine's kids were like little, little. So surprisingly, Catherine really liked John's children and her children quickly warmed up to John. So it seemed like kind of an ideal situation. At this point, Catherine's kind of chilled out a little bit. And although she still regularly accused John of infidelity, her outbursts were a little more mild. Most likely because she was just getting older. Oh. I think at this point she was like 40-ish. Okay. Yeah, either late 30s, early 40s. Uh, but she did often bully John about getting married. I don't know what it is with her and wanting to get married to all these men. It's very strange. So She, she, she dates some dumbass man, huh? Mm, she really does. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, apparently she had like this kind of charm to her that people, for whatever reason, couldn't get enough of. Like... It seemed like people were scared of her, but also drawn to her in some oh. weird way. Yeah, it's very weird. So I wouldn't call them dumb. I would just say that she had this like weird magnetic effect on men. Oh. It was just very strange. So she bullied him about bullied him about getting married. Uh, John's previous marriage had ended pretty rough, and so he wasn't super into the idea of doing it all over again. So after two years of arguing back and forth on the matter. John gave in John gave in a little and eventually decided to let Catherine and her children move in with him. The families merged homes, and for the first year, things actually worked out pretty well with the family. John and Catherine got along really well, and the children enjoyed each other's company. And I don't remember if I mentioned it in the last episode, but she Catherine's house was like this small, like two-bedroom house, so all her kids had to share a room, and I'm pretty sure they had to share a bed too. It was weird. Mm. So in this house, John had a nice big house and they got it got to kind of spread out a little bit, and they finally didn't all have to sleep in the same beds. So it was overall just a better way of life for them. Mm-hmm. So they lived pretty happily for a while until eventually Catherine became bored with her life again and started pestering John about getting married, but again he refused. At one point, Catherine found John's will and saw that he had left everything to his ex-wife and kids and nothing for Catherine. This set her off. Yeah. Everything. Big mistake. Everything (laughs) sets this woman off. So to get back at him for this, Catherine took video of some uh, first aid kits that John had taken from his work. I believe they were like discarded, like they Mm -hmm. were expired and thrown in the trash. But John was like, oh, these are, you can still use these. So he took them out of the trash and brought them home. So he, she took video of this and sent the video over to his work, and they fired him. Oh, my God. Yeah, for stealing. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Isn't that stupid? Yeah. But that's the thing. You can't, like, take shit out of your work's trash. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, like, illegal. Right. Well, that's dumb as shit. But, well, yeah. Th- you but fucking threw it out. You didn't you want it, it anymore. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's stupid. You threw it out. But, like, yeah, but the fact that she, like, totally... Yeah, because she's evil and yeah, fucking crazy. So far, yeah, she might be one of those evil people. I've oh my god, wait, just wait, because she, she, it, this gets so fucked up. Like, I don't even think you know what you're in for. So I'm going to say it right now. Huge trigger warning for this episode, because this is really fucked up. So, yeah, he got fired, and this this career he had worked 
his way up, you know, his pretty much his whole working life. And he had made a lot of money at this job and he really loved his his job and he got fired and he was obviously fucking pissed. So this caused John to throw Catherine and all of her belongings out of the house and change the locks. So she had to move back into her tiny little house with her her children and everybody was pretty pissed about it. So it took John several weeks, but eventually he was able to find work at the slaughterhouse as everybody works at the slaughterhouse, though his pay was significantly lower than the previous job at the mine. So he's trying to get his shit back together. And But over the next few weeks, Catherine and John crossed paths several times, and eventually the couple reconciled and got back together. Ugh. Yeah, big mistake. John was... John at least did not let her move back into his house right away, but his friends warned him over and over that the woman was for sure going to ruin his life that he had worked so hard to build for himself. I mean, she already did, but now he's trying to, like, mm. probably work his way up through the slaughterhouse now and kind of make something for himself and try to pick up the pieces, and she's probably going to ruin that all over again. Mm-hmm. However, John took these warnings either as a joke or a challenge and chose to stay with her. So he and Catherine continued their relationship. They were not living together, but Catherine would come over several times a week to cook for John and occasionally spend the night. But again, he still would not let her move in with him. Mm -hmm. So she grew bored of this configuration. So forgetting about marriage, she began arguing with John about moving back in with him. Eventually, the arguments escalated. One night in the year 2000, while arguing about their living situation, Catherine stabbed John in the chest with a knife. And I don't think it was like... It wasn't like a fatal wound, but it was like enough to leave a scar or Mm -hmm. whatever. But that night, John was able to force Catherine out of the house once again and lock the doors behind her. At work, John showed coworkers the wound and said if he didn't show up for work one day, it was because Catherine had killed him. Mm -hmm. John went down to the local courthouse and filed for a restraining order, but it wouldn't be enough. Jesus. So... That night, it was like a couple nights later, John went out to the pub with some other co-workers trying to avoid going home in case Catherine was waiting for him. His co-workers told him they could stay at their house until the restraining order went through. But eventually, he decided he needed to return home to his house since the children were at home alone. Like I said, his his kids were like te- a little bit older. They weren't like little, little. But he was, I guess, afraid that if he didn't go home and Catherine was like there waiting for him, that he was going to do something to the kids. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to go home and make sure everything was okay. So when he got home, he found a note from Catherine explaining that she had dropped all the children off to stay at various friends' houses for the night. And I didn't really see anything, like, I would have been like, how do I know they're at a friend's house? Like, I would have been like, what did you do with my kids? You know Mm. what I mean? But I guess he was just kind of like, okay, they're at a friend's house for the night. And so a quick search of the home told him that Catherine was not there waiting for him as he had feared. So John decided to go out and visit a neighbor, which was a nightly routine. John stayed over at the neighbor's house drinking beers in the garden until about 11 p.m., after which he stumbled home and went to bed. Shortly after, Catherine let herself into the home to find John asleep. She made herself some dinner, watched TV, took a shower, and put on some new black lingerie she had purchased that day. She went back into the bedroom where John was still asleep. She climbed into bed, and John woke up, and the two had sex. Mm-hmm. I don't. I would have been like... What the fuck are you doing here? I don't know. I don't know why he had sex with her. It's like, 
Ew, like he's because it, it was that good. <laughs> I guess I guess so. I don't know what this. I don't, I don't know. know why he had sex with the same woman who stabbed him in the chest. Yeah, like a day or two ago. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if maybe he was like half asleep and drunk and he kind of didn't realize what he was doing. Maybe I don't know, but I I mean I would have woken up and been like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I would have like tried to run out of there as fast as I could. So yeah, when they were done. Uh, John fell asleep, but Catherine did not. In one swift motion, Catherine grabbed a knife from, a knife from the nightstand and began stabbing John. John would have been very disoriented, but got out of bed and tried to make a run for it. And as he ran through the house, Catherine kept stabbing at him with the knife. Jeez. John continued to run through the house, trying to make his way to the front door, but his injuries were slowing him down, and the blood from the wounds made the floor slippery. John went down in the hall by the front door. Catherine bore down on him and began stabbing him over and over. As this was happening, John was somehow able to grab the door handle and let himself outside, but his strength was quickly leaving him. He managed to get outside for a moment, but Catherine dragged him back in. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. John was no longer putting up a fight. His strength had left him completely. Catherine stabbed him over and over, a total of 37 times. And somewhere between the 20th and 30th stab wound, John Price died. Damn. Mm-hmm. When she realized John was finally dead, Catherine knew she needed to cover up what she had done. So at this point, it's kind of not really known exactly what she did or why she was doing it or what her plan was. <clears throat> so, But it appears that she took a shower and headed into town where she stopped at an ATM and used a debit card that she had stolen from John to empty his bank account. Her plan might have been to skip town and avoid capture once John's body was found. But she realized shortly after that if if she simply just up and left town, everyone would know that she had killed him and eventually authorities would catch up with her. So she shortly after this, like she had just gone to the bank and then just gone right back home. Mm. So she went back to the house and was possibly going to attempt to clean up the mess and maybe stage the scene to act like she had acted in self-defense, you know, (laughs) which, I mean, having someone 37 times throughout their home is not self-defense, obviously. So I don't know what the hell she was thinking. Upon returning to the house in the early hours of the morning, the sight of John's body might have infuriated her once again. Her thought was probably... This was not her fault. He had done this to her. He had pushed her over the edge, and mm-hmm. it was his fault that she acted yeah, like that. She's, yeah. a she's a crazy person. Yep. So at 6 a.m. that morning, the neighbor noticed John's car still sitting in the driveway when he should have been at work by that time. John was not someone to miss work. In fact, he regularly he regularly was amongst the first to arrive each morning. When John's boss noticed he hadn't come to work that day, a coworker was sent to his house to check on him. Both the neighbor and the coworker tried knocking on the doors and windows of the house, thinking John might still be asleep, but they got no response. While knocking on the front door, the two noticed a smear of blood on the doorframe and immediately called police. Police officers arrived at the home around 8 a.m. and broke down the back door. Upon entering the home, they discovered a scene that was both confusing and more gruesome than they had ever seen. So this is 
again, a huge trigger warning because this is really fucked up. Are you ready for this? Uh, ready <laughs> as I'll ever be. <laughs> so the police walk into the home and notice blood everywhere on the floors, on the walls, etc. So they immediately know something horrible happened. They also notice a strange sheet hanging in a doorway, and an officer reached out to push the sheet aside to enter the next room. When he pulled his arm away from the sheet, his arm was covered in blood. That's when the officer noticed that the sheet was not a sheet at all. It was actually human skin. Ew. An entire human body had been expertly skinned in one large intact piece and hung from the doorway with a meat hook. Oh, uh, yeah. Slaughterhouse. Yeah, she's still, she's doing. <laughs> I got like chills when I read that out loud. I was like, oh, it's like picturing that in my mind is. And she did this all like in a morning, pretty much. I Yeah, she I guess she had, in the slaughterhouse. She specifically worked as a boner. They were, called, they were called? called a yeah. They were called a boner. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And so we're her, adults. <laughs> her job was basically to take all the meat off the bones, and then mm. so sometimes you know, I guess also involved in that was like skinning the animal, and it had to be so specifically done so that you weren't taking off like extra fat and meat. You were mm-hmm. just taking off skin. Mm-hmm. So she was real good at it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. It gets worse. So. Yeah, and I guess I saw an interview with, I guess it was the lead detective that had noticed that it was the skin and not mm. a sheet. And that guy was, like, so fucked up for the rest of his life. Like, he had to yeah. go through all this, like, therapy and stuff. Don't like, blame him. Obviously, yeah. It's really crazy. So, beyond the curtain of human skin, they found a skinned and decapitated body lying on the floor. In the kitchen, officers found a large, large cooking pot on the stove. Inside was the boiled, severed head of John Price, along with a mix of different kinds of stewing vegetables. The pot and the contents were still warm. Oh. Mm, she was cooking them. Damn. Uh, yeah. On the kitchen table were two plates of food, each labeled for John's two children, Becky and little John. The food on the plates were a cut of meat each and some more stewed vegetables. The meat later turned out to be a cut of John's back. Damn. She was going to feed his kids. Their father. Their father. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so gross. You're going to make this shit up, man. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. Damn. So a third plate of food was discovered thrown out onto the back lawn. It is speculated that Catherine may have prepared a plate for herself, but upon trying the meat, she discovered she could not stomach it and discarded it. And mm. I guess the dog was out back, and the dog, I think, ate some of the meat. Mm. Yeah, it's really gross. So... There was also a note left on top of a photograph of John. The note read as follows. Time got you back, Jonathan, for rapping, my doubter. You to Beck for Ross, for little John. Now play with John's dick, John Price. <laughs> Remember, she left school at 15, so she can't really like. Yeah. Ra- that doesn't make any sense. Read. Yeah, I know. Well, she basically what she was trying to do is leave a note saying that John had been raping her kids. Mm. and this was her payback or whatever. Yeah, so that's Mm. why she killed him, and then Mm. she was so angry that she just skinned him and (laughs) cooked his fucking (laughs) remains for his children. Yeah, that's what people do. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Upstairs, Catherine was found in John's bed, alive but in a comatose state, 
due to an overdose of sleeping pills. She was taken to the hospital, where she remained in that state for a few days. When she woke up, she told officers she couldn't remember killing John or staging the gruesome scene. <laughs> Liar. Yeah. Yeah. No, bitch, you knew what you were doing. So basically, when Catherine went to trial, um, I just lost my place. I just lost my place. Yeah, Catherine went to trial. They tried to get her to plead guilty to manslaughter, claiming that she was mentally ill and didn't know what she was doing at the time. This was obviously rejected. Yeah. Because like I said, like it it took a lot of like precision and mm-hmm. and all this to fucking skin somebody in one huge piece. Yeah. So you obviously knew what you were doing. You weren't like fucked up when you were doing it. You're obviously yeah. like dead sober and like had like this surgical precision. Like you're yeah. so full of shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so Catherine would then stand trial for the murder of John Price. During the trial, jurors were given the option of excusing themselves from seeing the graphic crime scene photographs that would be displayed. Many took the corp- court up on this opportunity. A bunch of people like walked out. They didn't want to say it. And I saw that something and I didn't include it in here, but I guess Catherine tried to be like, oh, I can't look at those pictures, like blah, blah, blah. Like when she was in court and they were like, she was trying, they were trying to be like, like, oh, she was ill, like her, her like attorneys or whatever. She was ill at the time. She doesn't remember, like, don't show her the pictures. And they were like, she fucking knew what she was doing. She's going to look at the pictures. Okay. And I guess she like, like flipped out like when they showed the pictures and had this like huge like fucking like meltdown and screaming and they had like, to, like acting like it. that was the first time she even saw yeah, like, yeah exactly but she's fucking full of shit yeah so Catherine then changed her plea to guilty and the jury was dismissed based on the nature of the crime and the lack of and her lack of remorse in November of 2006 Catherine was sentenced to life in prison without parole the judge ordered her papers to be marked, never to be released. Huh. Mm-hmm. Catherine Knight was the first woman in Australian history to be given the sentence. The judge, Justice O'Keefe, was quoted as saying, the last minutes of his life must have been a time of abject terror for him, as they were a time of utter enjoyment for her. She has not expressed any contrition. Is that how you say that word? I'm not sure. Contrition. I don't know what that word means. Or remorse. And if released, she poses a serious threat to the security of society. Yeah, yeah I would say true. so. <laughs> Definitely. So Catherine was sent to Silverwater Women's Correctional Center and later transferred to Clarence Correctional Center, where she remains today. In 2006, Catherine appealed the life sentence. She claimed that her sentence was too severe for her crimes. <laughs> this appeal was dismissed. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you all stabbed I did a was dude. kill him and skin him. Yeah, and right. Eat him and try to yeah serve him to his own then, fucking children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this was kind of a short short episode this week because I kind of went into all the detail last episode. So I just realized that we're only like twenty three minutes into this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when but, normally okay. our episodes are like an hour, but. What's crazy to me, it's like it really, if you think about it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a slow descent into that final violent act. Mm-hmm. She was pretty, I mean, she was consistently crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's why I was like, but then she went way into this other realm. It was yeah. just so, it's so weird. It's very know? weird. And that's why I want to talk a lot about like her, like last relationships and stuff like that. 
um, because I noticed like a lot of the documentaries, they kind of were just like, oh, she married David Collette and they were married for 10 years and they had, she abused him and he was an alcoholic and then he left and it was like, well, they didn't go into like what she did to him. And I thought it was like really important because it kind of like, I mean, with her first husband, she like obviously like beat the shit out of him a bunch. And then like her next two husbands, it was more like verbal or boyfriends, I guess. Her next two boyfriends, it's more like verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, with John Price, it was like a lot of like the first few years with a lot of just like arguing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then it was like she stabbed him and he got away. And then I don't know, like it just it, to me, like I feel like she was going to kill somebody at some point. But what's strange to me is that she supposedly had like a decent relationship with John Price, except for like, you know, some arguing and stuff like that. And then. All that it took to set her off was that he didn't want her to move back in with him. So she, like, stabbed him. He escaped. And then it was just the next thing she could think of to do was, like, okay, I'm going to kill him and skin him alive. It was like, yeah, that's whoa, what I mean. we that just jump. went, like, zero to 100. That, that's what I mean. That jump was, it was like, so... It, it's so weird. and It's, it's like, so specific. It is. And it's just so weird because it's, like, she did all that fucked up things all those fucked up things to her first husband. And then it was almost like she took like a little vacation from yeah. that. And yeah. then, I mean, she did like beat up her other boyfriends or whatever, but it was not to the extent of like when she was dav- dating like David Collette, she like smacked him in the face with that hot iron and stuff. Yeah. I actually want to, I want to find a picture of him because uh, I think he died. When did he die? I think he died in like the mid 2000s or something like that. It was like 2006. You know, or I was just like going to say, imagine like, you you used to date or you were married to this woman or date this woman, one of those guys who took off and you're watching the news and you just see that like, oh my God. Well, actually, yeah, that actually is what happened. And how many kids did she leave behind total? She had four of her own kids with three different guys. She didn't have any kids with John Price, but the prior guys she had kids with. Now, what are those kids doing now? I actually have no idea. Because they'd be like our age. Um, probably yeah i think they'd be yeah they're they were born in like the 90s yeah so they'd be around our age like late 20s yeah so and i I was just gonna say because like what you said about like what if you dated someone and then saw them on the news later on they were like holy shit that could have been me david colette and his mother because remember at one point like david and his mother lived with Catherine, and Mm -hmm. like after she like came out of like the mental hospital or whatever and, like, later on, I saw this interview with David's mother, and they watched it on TV. And I guess, like, David's mother had seen the news report that, like, oh, a woman killed her, like, like husband or whatever, and, like, common-law husband, and mm. and skinned him or, like, something like that. And she was like, oh, my God, that's that sounds like something Catherine would do. Like, she finally fucking did it. And then it turned out later that it was her. And they wow. were just like, holy shit, that literally could have yeah. been us. Like, That's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I kind of want to know what also happened to like the rest of Catherine's family, like her sister. Yeah. She remember <clears throat> she had a twin sister and then she had older brothers. But yeah. I didn't see anything about them, like anything about like afterwards, like when Catherine went to trial or like anything like that. I don't know if maybe her family like disowned her because she was just so fucked up. Hmm. But what's kind of sad about Catherine is, like, obviously she, like, the psychiatrist or the psychologist or whatever, they they said that she was, quote, sane. Mm -hmm. But she obviously had some, like, some kind of mental illness. Because people don't just go, 
<clears throat> I want to move in with you. And then the other person's like, no. And then you're like, well. And it started a lot. And it all kind of started. I'm kill you and skin you alive now. And it all started when John Price didn't include her in his will. Right? He, yeah. It, well, she wanted she kids. wanted to get married. And yeah. he didn't want to get married. And eventually she was like bullying him so much about it that he was like, okay, fine. You can move in with me. We're not getting married. But you can move in with me so you and your kids can like have like mm-hmm. a little more of a comfortable life or whatever. And then the next step she was like okay, no, but seriously, like, I really want to get married. And he was still saying no. And then she found the will and was like, you motherfucker. Like, I can't believe, mm-hmm. like, I live with you. Like, we're basically married. Like, you're yeah, seriously no regard. not going to leave me anything in your so, will. So did this guy have children prior to meeting yeah. her? Yeah, okay. he had those so, children from the previous marriage. That's what's so scary of people like that is that, like, she, there was no regard for that man's children. Like, you know, like if you had kids mm-hmm. and you said, oh, in my will, all my money, if I die, goes my, I'd be like, yeah, understandable. They're your kids. You know, mm-hmm. like most normal people would be like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. It's just, it's so crazy to me that she's like, I'll show you. Like, yeah, like that's just so wild. Like the level of evil that, that people can be, you know. Huh. What's also crazy to me is like, so we talked about a little bit in the last episode about, you know, when. Uh, Catherine had her first kid and David had left her, mm-hmm. right? And she was so pissed at David that she was, like, abusing her fucking infant. And, like, yeah. she eventually, like, put her on the fucking train tracks and, like, all this stuff. And then she went to the mental institution and then she was let out and they gave her her fucking baby back. I know. That's the thing, too. It's like, well, how was she They didn't not- give her back right away, but yeah. she eventually got her she, back. It's she like, should have been locked fuck? up years ago. Definitely, all kinds of stuff. like put in I a mean, mental institution or something. I mean, she did go to a mental institution, but she was continually let out and having more children, and like, and then going back to the mental institution, and then having more fucking kids. It's like she should have been cut off at the first time she put her fucking baby on the train tracks. Like, yeah, maybe she's <laughs> mentally ill, but like, you get one chance to put your baby on the train tracks. No, like, she should have been cut off after that because it's ridiculous. Oh like, God. it's. Okay, this woman put her baby on the train tracks. We sent her to a mental institution, gave her some antidepressants, and then let her out. And actually, the second time she went, uh, I forget what what why she went the second time exactly, but she went. She had to go back to the mental institution again, and she was able to check herself out the next day. That's crazy. Yeah, it was just like God. I feel like it's in Australia. Here in America, they lock you up for fucking everything. I know. I guess over there they're a little more more chill. I don't know. It's crazy. Who knows? And I just, it really sucks because like, you know, obviously like there's people out there who, you know, maybe have some mental illnesses and they do some fucked up shit, but you know, maybe they can be rehabilitated, but I, I kind of believe it's like the severity of it. It's like, mm. you know, I, any, especially anything that involves kids. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I don't know. Maybe you're mentally a crazy person and you you know, beat somebody up and, you know, cause like you can't, you can't, you know, you have violent tendencies and then, you know, you, maybe you get yourself some therapy or like something like that. And like, you know, later on down the line, you're rehabilitated and now you don't act out like that anymore. But if you just, if you start beating up your kids or start like leaving them on train tracks or leaving them wherever or any, any kind of abuse with kids, it's like one and done. Yeah. Like one and done. That's it. You know what I mean? Because it's just mm. like, you know, it stuff like that escalates, you know, yeah. and you never know who I mean, this this case is very unique and weird. And it is so weird. many people have covered it and so many people have talked about it. And and she's famous, you know, and but 
because you never hear of women doing stuff like this, especially. And also the whole skinning alive thing. But I think John Wayne Gacy did that too, didn't he? No. Didn't he skin people? No, that was Ed Gein. Ed Gein. I always get them mixed up. Ed Gein was, yeah. He, yeah. he made a lampshade out of a woman. Oh, that's so fucked yeah. up. Yeah. It's gnarly. Actually, I think I've seen pictures of that. Is it? There's some new Gacy thing on Netflix, isn't there? I think I saw I have no idea. Again, like, I'm not super, honestly super 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 familiar with some of the bigger cases Mm -hmm. like i know a lot about a good amount about ed kemper and like ted bundy but like when it comes to like gacy or like ed gein i don't really know much about them Mm. but i did read somewhere that um yeah he gein had been skinning people and i don't know maybe she i think it was yeah that was in the 50s wasn't it Keen, I think, was in the 30s or 40s. Maybe something I like think, that. Don't so who knows? Maybe she could have like heard about that. And- Co- correct me <laughs> in the comments. I, I yeah. don't remember when yeah. Keen was. Like I said, we we I, I I need to brush up on my you know super big serial killers, but yeah. you know, but yeah, that was. Uh, I think at the end of the day, like going back to Catherine, there, there's no figuring people like this out. They're no. so. But twisted. It, you know, it's, it's like- interesting, and it's kind of like you know on on Mine Hunter. How they, you know, they visited people in prison and they were trying to kind of like put together a profile of like how, how and why these people do things like that. And mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if anyone's ever gone and visited Catherine. I think I read something about well, that. Well, she's not technically she, a killer. She's not, but she's still like, what, what, what sent her to go, oh, you don't, you don't want me to move in with you? Like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to fucking stab you and skin you and cook you for your fucking kids. People don't do that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And even though she, if if they hadn't caught her mm-hmm. or or they hadn't given her this life sentence of like never to be released, she probably would do something like that again. You know what I mean? She right. did. She just, <clears throat> luckily she didn't have the opportunity to be, to be a serial killer because she was basically caught right away. Right. You know. I- and I don't even I don't even know. Do you think she would have even become one? Let's say she didn't get caught or got away with it. I mean, I I Yo, she think probably would have. I do. T- I definitely think so. Like she definitely, you know, when she went to that ATM and took out that money. This this kind of is weird to me. So she went to the ATM. She withdrew whatever money that John had left, which was about a thousand dollars. That's mm. all he had left. And why would she do that? I feel like she had initially planned to leave and like move across the country or something like that yeah. because she totally, I mean, this was 2000. Um, I mean, you know, she, she might've been able to move across the country, but if she had been given the opportunity to, I believe she, you know, looking at the pattern, she hangs out at the pub, she meets a guy, she gets him drunk, she stays sober, she takes the guy home they, you know, they start having a relationship and then think, you know, everything always starts off strong. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. And then she starts accusing this guy and like beating him up or whatever. Becoming eventually, par- becoming I, paranoid, becoming and- paranoid. Eventually, yes, I believe if she had been able, she had had the opportunity to escape, she would have moved away and just done this again. Well, you had said that she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. That's right? what the book I read said. Which and is- I kind of am piss- really pissed off at that writer because I feel like. I've been hoodwinked and I don't know what the she hell. She sounds like she happens. does have that. She does. A little yeah. bit I know, but not everyone with BPD is violent like that. So I think there's something else in there too. Like I think she I also saw this thing about like people who are like sociopaths versus psychopaths and she mm-hmm. sounds more like a sociopath cuz a sociopath like in fits of rage 
there's no end to what they'll do. They'll kill, mm-hmm. they'll they'll steal, they'll they'll do whatever they have to do pretty mm-hmm. much. Whereas a psychopath can do this all extremely calmly. But mm-hmm. she doesn't sound like she's a calm person. She's she sounds more like a sociopath. Mm, yeah. I mean it's kinda hard to say. It's emotional. It's this rage that, that happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is I'm not a doctor, you know, it's hard to say. But I'm not a doctor. You, you can sit here and like try to figure people like this out, but you know, in the end I don't think anybody really can, you know. No. But like I said, I I I think I read something that when Catherine was in prison, she didn't want or any visitors, like at mm-hmm. least when she first got there. She didn't want any visitors. She didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I mean, maybe someday, I don't know if it's been done, like where someone maybe has visited her, like some kind of like clinical psychologist, like somebody like that. I I don't think I'd want to meet her. No, I want to do a little Zoom meeting or something. Or I don't Get I her don't on the podcast. So. <laughs> well, who, who knows? I mean, if, if it hasn't happened yet, if someone hasn't gone and interviewed her and tried mm-hmm. to figure her out yet, I'm hoping maybe someday, you know, because she's, I believe she's in her 60s now. Yeah, she would have to be. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would, I wouldn't, you know, I think it would be really cool if someday, you know, maybe, maybe she's getting on in life, maybe she's getting old and she's finally ready to like talk about what happened and, yeah. and why she did what she did. I mean, I, like they said, she didn't have, she didn't show any remorse in court. She had her fake freak out, like when they showed the pictures and stuff like that. But I definitely believe that she thoroughly enjoyed what she was doing. Cause you know, she, she loved her job at the slaughterhouse. She worked there for many years. She loved it. She was really, really good at it. She was really respected. And then remember, we mentioned last week that she had sustained like a back injury and she couldn't work there anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like when she killed John, like he was like dead on the floor and she was looking at him and she's like, oh, this is like my last chance. Like this I get my, to like my time to shine. Yeah, know? my time to shine. Which explained and- the, the narcissism, you know, definitely putting herself and what she does on like a huge. And pedestal. I think she really likes shock value, too, because when she does certain things, like when she, you know, for instance, she had you know, done the thing with the the videotape and like the um like the first aid kits or whatever and sent it mm-hmm. to John's work. And I could just like picture her like sitting there like waiting for John to come home from work or something like that mm-hmm. after he's fired, like just to mm. see his reaction. You know what I mean? Like she very much likes people's reactions. That's why I mean I do believe that there are people who are evil. I think she's mm. truly evil. Because a lot of people will say, like, and I've talked at this conversation, they're like, I don't believe in evil. It's all about how you're raised, blah, blah, blah. Which, yes. Yes, that, no, nature, big, nature and nurture. Nature and nurture is a For thing. Sure. But, but someone like that, the thing about people like that is they don't know they're evil. That's the scariest thing about evil. Is people, the evil people think they're the good guys in their own story. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. and there Every was, single time. Yeah. She thinks what she's doing is totally justified and totally mm-hmm. fine. And, and there, I don't think there would be any way you could sway her otherwise. You know? No, definitely not. And I had read something, too, um, that she she didn't like the fact that the town that she lived in, everybody like knew about her and the things that she did and how violent she was. She didn't like to be the talk of the town. Like she, well, it's she, not like she did. I mean, her behavior doesn't really match up with what she said. I, I know, but she does it, really over the top stuff. I know, but I think she, in her mind, thinks that what she's doing is justifiable, and then she always tries to cover it up by being like, "Oh, well, he like beat me," and then you know this note that he left saying that she left saying like, "Oh, you raped my daughters, and this is why you got this," and like blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I think what she she's first of all very aware of what she's doing, and second of all, I think she wants to 
to try to justify herself and her actions to people and be like, I, and she's like, I don't understand why everybody's talking about me. What I did was perfectly justifiable. You know what I mean? Like she's just, she's, she's delusional, mm. you know? No, what I like to do a, maybe an episode on, mm-hmm. I don't want to give anything away, but I think you might like it. The Iceman. Have you ever seen the interview with the Iceman? I don't think so. He was a hitman for like uh, the mob. See oh. Scariest fucking people. Yeah, I have seen that interview. He just he like doesn't blink. He's like yeah. he's like uh Max Dad and always sunny Philadelphia. I mean he's just like Yeah. I mean this the shit this guy's like t- like he literally has something in his brain that does not make the connection of like Yeah. That like hurting they dissociate. people. Yeah, like he just doesn't fu- and he says he says, I just don't care. He's like I can just kill you and it makes no difference i think that's a psychopath that, yeah he would be he would be a psychopath because like a sociopath wants to like does like a fucked up action and then they're like to gain something i guess and then and then they have this whole battle in their brain where like mm-hmm. you know there's a million people that have like killed their wives and then like they call they call 911 they're like oh my god someone came in and shot my wife because like, that, the they know, you know yeah because they know it's wrong they just did it anyway yeah a psychopath they i guess a psycho they don't even care if they get captured they just do things like mm-hmm. you know if, if if you were like i'll give you a million dollars to go kill that lady they're okay bang dead mm-hmm. and then they get caught they're just like oh i guess i'm going to jail like it's mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> just there's yeah. n- there's nothing there you know it's I, crazy i i don't know exactly which category Catherine falls under she definitely has some dissociation and you know again going back to the nature and nurture you know she grew up with men and boys abusing her and then she mm-hmm. was taught to like fight back you know what i mean like mm-hmm. remember when she like stabbed that little boy in school and she came home with a note and yep. showed her dad and he was like well did you deserve it and she was like yeah and he was like okay good and then it never got that makes, about again that makes perfect sense so you got the mix of the already existing borderline personality disorder like i said i'm not a doctor i I might be talking out of my ass right here but Mm -hmm. i think that from what i've heard people with that disorder have trouble regulating how they react to emotion exactly so they can go from very very happy to very very sad and and they react the same no matter what happens like if someone teased you versus someone like punched you in the face you're gonna have the same reaction and you know, you yeah. stab both of those people. You know what right. I mean? Which is so, what she does. And I think like the the that mix of the abuse and then learning how to fight back. When in her mind, it's like f- her mind. It's fighting back is anything from yes, yeah, someone teases you or rapes you. Her mm-hmm. response back is going to be something so over the top and so right. so crazy that it's like. But she doesn't see it that way. No, she doesn't know? see it that way. Right. right. Yeah. So. I hope you guys liked that episode. I know the research aspect of it was very short. I didn't realize how much I had included in the first part because <laughs> I was trying to kind of like break it up evenly into two parts. So yeah, this part was a little bit shorter, but I hope you liked, you know, kind of our conversation at the end and definitely let us know what you think or if I got any facts wrong at all, please let me know. And then on the next episode, we can, you know, kind of correct ourselves. So I would love to get someone on here someday who's like a, a, a licensed therapist or a psychiatrist and to talk about the psychology of like like people who do things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do a part three someday. Yeah, we can we can do like a revisit episode. Like if, if we yeah. find any new information or anything like that, maybe an maybe an interview with Catherine herself that would be crazy. might pop up at some point and we can mm-hmm. talk about that. And 
I know this case has been covered a million times, but I I had heard about this and I didn't know as much as I found out. And it's still very shocking. I was finishing up this research this morning and I was like, especially the part where like like with the skin mm. and and like the officer who touched it and then realized what it was because they legit thought it was like a sheet. And then he touched it and like, because it was just something he didn't look twice at it. He just kind of like, it was just hanging in the doorway in the way. And he mm-hmm. kind of like pushed it out of the way with his arm. And then he felt that it was like wet and he looked and his arm was all covered in blood. And then he looked at it closer and he realized what it was. I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Like, yeah. and I know like, you know, detectives and stuff like that, they're supposed to be like, you know. Seen it all. This was a seasoned detective too. Mm. This wasn't somebody who it was their first day on the job. Like yeah. he He'd seen just just you know, think he's seen it all, right? Right, and and you know, I guess I I've read something too that like things like murders and crazy stuff like that didn't happen a lot around this area. Like it was very much just like a working town. People knew people, and stuff like that didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like when this happened, it was like they were like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Like and people left there. People like some of those officers like left their jobs after. Like, they just couldn't handle it. That's crazy. Because I feel like... I don't know if I could, if I was in there. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Like, you know, anybody would, like, run out of there screaming. So, those guys, you know, they kept going through the house. They found the body. They found the head. They found the meat. Oh, (laughs) so gross. So The fucking dog outside eating. eating Dog's gonna do what the dog's gonna do, you know? (laughs) human steak. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross. So, yeah. I hope everybody liked that episode. Um, I'm probably going to... Because I've covered a couple that are pretty well known at this point, just to kind of get ourselves going, just because, especially because I know, I knew that there was going to be a lot of information on these cases out there. So just to kind of like try my first hand at researching and all that stuff and, you know, being able to tell the stories. So I think next week we might cover a lesser known one. I was thinking about doing one in New Hampshire, which is where we live. And I've been getting a lot of recommendations lately of some really cool ones. So I might do a serial killer next week. That's mm. maybe either from New Hampshire or from New England. So mm. we shall see. So yeah, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I think we're, what are we? Creep your heart out underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter is creep Y H O underscore pod. Or you can send us a Gmail creep your heart out pod at gmail.com. You can send us, any kind of cases that you'd like us to cover. Or if you have any of your own personal stories, you can send those over to us and we can read them on our podcast. So yeah, that's basically it. Also, if you are listening on any platform where you can leave a review and you are enjoying our podcast, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment and we may even read it on the show. If you don't like it, just turn us off. Please don't rate us one star because that's rude. That is rude. This takes a lot of work and a lot of time. So if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. Yeah, there's plenty of podcasts out there. Don't be that guy. Yeah, please don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Like I said, it's a lot of work. This kind of thing has been keeping me sane lately, even though I'm researching really fucked up shit. You know, the more we say this, I'm going to leave a bad review now. Please don't leave a bad review. Please don't leave a bad review. Just turn it off and never come back. That's all you got to do. But if you do like it, share it with people that you think also might like us. And you leave my my girlfriend a bad review, you've answered to Nick. (laughs) Nick will find you. Nick's coming after you. Yeah. So yeah, we really enjoy doing this. So yeah, we'll we'll have some cool new cases coming up. Hopefully, maybe some stuff that you guys have not heard about yet. 
So we will see you next Monday for a brand new episode. Bye, creepies. Creep you later.